Luke chapter 5, if you would please. Luke chapter 5 this morning. And I will go as fast as I can, but I, I guarantee we'll probably be a few minutes behind schedule. So, but that's okay. You know, this is Missions Month, and that, you know, so we'll blame it on on uh, David Wilm. <laughs> <clears throat> It'll reflect in your offering. Yes. <laughs> Luke chapter five. You know, um, God is constantly reminding me of my need. Of faith, um, you know, faith is one of those things in our lives that I don't believe we ever get to the point where we have it all. You know, I think it's something God is constantly growing in our life. It is something that uh, it, it is a maturing process, and and I could be totally wrong, but at least that's how it is in my life. I feel like I am in constant need of more faith. Or stronger faith. I don't. Well, I shouldn't say more faith, but stronger faith. It is a it is a constant thing that God is continually growing in my life, and it, and and faith is not for a certain class of people. It's not for pastors or missionaries, or 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 it, it is for every believer to to grow and exercise our faith, and God wants us to do that. Every missionary that I know, and I, I know a lot of missionaries because I was a missionary, uh, every missionary that I know would tell me would tell you the same thing. I am just an ordinary person that God is using to do something special. Am I right? I'm just an ordinary person. And this morning I want to... Well, I, I don't want to get ahead of myself here. Let me. In Hebrews chapter 11, there are there are two words that should stand out. If you read Hebrews chapter 11, it, there's two words that should stand out over and over and over in Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 is what we call the Hall of Faith. It is is a list of people that that learn to live by faith. And the two words that should stand out is by faith. By faith, Abraham, by faith, Moses, by faith, Sarah, by faith, Joseph. And the list goes on and on and on. By faith. Now, I want to take a minute here and at the beginning. I want to talk about two men in American history that some of you more than likely never heard of. Two men that helped shape this great nation that we live in. And you've probably never heard of them. But they were men that learned to live by faith. The first one is a guy named Shubal Stearns. I have a picture of him here. This is Shubal Stearns. <clears throat> Shubal Stearns was born in Boston, Massachusetts, January 1706. Shubal Stearns, his wife, and five other families that were related to him either through marriage or by blood, <clears throat> left Connecticut for Virginia in the fall of 1754. The group eventually ended up in the foothills of North Carolina and started a church. The name of that church was Sandy Creek, Sandy Creek, Separate, Separate, <laughs> Sandy Creek Separate Baptist Church. Sandy Creek 
church grew from 16 to over 600 in just a few years. Within 17 years of its origin, it had become a mother, grandmother, and a great-grandmother to over 40 churches, and they had sent out over 125 ministers to preach the gospel out of this one church. And we look at men like Shubal Stearns and we think, man, they, they must have been almost superhuman. But he was just a man, a simple man, who learned to live by faith. The second one I want to talk about is a, the second picture I have here. This guy's name is David Brainerd. David Brainerd was a missionary to the American Indians in New York, New Jersey, and eastern Pennsylvania. He was born in uh, Connecticut in 1718, and he died at the age of 29 in 1747. David Brainerd's first journey to the fork of the Delaware to reach a fierce tribe resulted in a miracle of God that pre preserved his life and revered him among the Indians as a prophet of God. Encamped at the outskirts of the Indian settlement, Brainerd planned to enter the Indian community the next morning to preach to them the gospel of Christ. Unknown to him, his, his, uh, his every move had been watched by uh, warriors who had been sent out to kill him. But when the uh, Braves drew close to Brainerd's tent, he, uh, they saw him, uh, the, the pale face on his knees, and as he prayed, suddenly a rattlesnake slipped in uh, the tent and <clears throat> came alongside him, lifted up his head and was ready to strike his, his face. But for no reason, the snake slithered away. And the Indians saw that as the great spirit was within the pale face. David Brainerd and Schubel Stearns. Both of these men would tell you, if they were here this morning, hey, we're just normal people that God is using. This morning we have David Wilt with us. Personally, I think he's a little nut going to New York City. <laughs> but would you agree that you're just a normal person doing something special? Absolutely. I have a question for you this morning. What does it take to live by faith? What does it take? And the, the answer to me is, all I have to do is let go and let God. So the title of my message this morning is Letting Go. Letting Go. Simple, simple message. I'm going to get through it as fast as I can. But Luke chapter 5 Let's start reading in verse 1. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the, uh, the lake of Gennesaret. By the way, uh, just so you know, uh, uh, whenever you see Gennesaret or the Sea of Galilee, uh, they're, they're the same, okay? They're just called different. Why they call them different things, I, I don't know, okay? But it's the same lake, uh, same sea. Um, 
and two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and uh, were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was uh, Simon's, and uh, prayed him that he would thrust it out, uh, thrust it out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now, when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down thy net for the draught. And Simon answered and said unto him, Master, we have uh, toiled all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word will I let down the net. And when he had thus done, they enclosed a great multitude of fish, fishes, and their net break. And they beckoned unto their partner, which was in another ship, and they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships, so that they began to sink. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to look at your word, to to hopefully grow and to learn and to be more like you. Help us, dear God, to be sensitive to this area of, of missions. Lord, help us to be sensitive to the question of, do you want me to go? Thank you for your love. Help us, dear God, to walk with you. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. I want to draw your attention to Luke chapter 5 and verse 5. And Simon answered and said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. There are four principles I want to, out of that phrase, there, well, there are three principles, but then there's going to be a fourth one we're going to add on to it. But there's, there are three principles that we're going to take out of that one phrase that I think can help us in our journey of faith, to have stronger faith. The first one is to review, refuse your anxiety. Refuse your anxiety. Nevertheless, at thy word. No matter what's going on, what, no matter what my circumstance, nevertheless, hey, we have fished all night and there, we caught nothing. But what does Simon Peter say? Okay, no matter, no matter, no matter what's going on, at your word. That's a huge, that's a huge statement. And so often we allow the circumstances of life and the troubles and the trials and all the sicknesses and all the things in this world to consume us. And we allow those things to drive our actions when in in reality, what is God saying? No, I, I want you to trust my word. Nevertheless, at thy word. Peter was willing to take Jesus' word at face value. See, the word of God is our strength. Amen. 
It is the word of God that changes lives. It is not the philosophies of men that change lives. It is the word of God. David Brainerd, who I mentioned earlier, had multiple health issues. And many times he people would beg him not to go back into the wilderness because of his declining health. But he insisted on doing what God had placed on his heart. See, the word of God was more important to David Brainerd than his health. And he knew that there were that that, that there were Indian that the tribes out there that needed the word of God because he knew it was the word of God that would change lives. He once said this, Once more, never think that you can live for God by your own power or strength, but always look to and rely on Him for His assistance, yea, for all strength and grace. And yes, he died at the age of 29, but he left behind a legacy that is still living today. Because he was willing to say, nevertheless, at thy word. Number two, refuse your anxiety. Number two, uh, trusting in faith. Trusting in faith. Nevertheless, at thy word, next two words, I will. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will. Trusting in faith. Putting away doubt. I will. Stepping out in faith and saying, I will. In Hebrews chapter 11, there are, there's one common denominator in, in, in Hebrews chapter 11, and it's the word faith. By faith. These people accomplished incredible things not because they were special, but because they had faith in a God who is special. Amen. And I'll be honest with you, and I'll tell, I'll tell him to his face, if you're going to accomplish anything in a crazy place like New York City, it's because you get out of the way and you let God. That's, right. That's how it works. Amen. It works that way in Fernley, Nevada, too. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 3. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen are not made of things which do appear. Let me share with you another David Brainerd quote. There is a God in heaven who overrules all things for the best. And this is the comfort of my soul. How blessed it is to grow more and more like God. I believe, I, I don't know, but I've read enough about David Brainerd. I believe that David Brainerd, David Brainerd believed that if God wanted him to live to be 106, he would have lived to be 106. But he wanted to do what God had put on his heart. 
And he made a huge impact. I read this quote, and the, the next sentence in my note is this. Oh, that I might trust God like that. Oh, that I might have faith like David Brainerd. That I might have faith like Peter. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will. Point number three. Delighting in God's goodness. Delighting in God's goodness. Let's go back to that phrase in verse five. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Now, I want to talk about the miracle. And I want to talk about Peter's faith. Because it's interesting here. If you look at verse 2 of uh, chapter 5, let, let's look at verse 2. Uh, the, the, the two ships were standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their what? Nets. Plural. Plural. Now, how many did they have? More than one. Okay? Look at verse 4. And when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your... Nets, plural. What did Jesus tell them to do? Put them all out. But look at verse 5. Simon answered and said unto the master, We have toiled all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word I will let down what? The net. Did Peter have a lack of faith? I'm not going to accuse him of that. He's done a whole lot more for Christ than I I have. But see, that's how faith works, is it not? Faith is something oftentimes we step out and we, we give God just a little portion of our life and we say, okay, God, do something special with this. Because why? Because we're we're growing our faith, are we not? And Peter, Peter was, was new to this thing with Jesus. He didn't understand everything, and we'll get to that here in a minute. But, but Peter, Peter, he says, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to, by your word, I'm going to trust you, I'm going to put my faith in you, and I'm going to put down one net. What does Jesus do? He gives him so many fish, it sinks two boats. That's what happens when we Put our faith in God. Now, I want to I want to share something with you that I, I hope you can follow me through this progression here. I believe that the church in Sandy Creek, North Carolina has influenced 
Grace Baptist Church in Fernley, Nevada. You say, how, how, do you, how do you get that? Here's my point. When I was in college, I wrote a paper on this guy, Shubel Stearns, and I, I did a lot of research on him. And what I found today is that from Florida to Virginia, from the East Coast all the way into Kentucky, Tennessee, and maybe even beyond, there are literally thousands upon thousands of churches that can literally trace their roots back to a single church in North Carolina. You say, okay, but how does that affect us here? Well, we were sent here by Northside Baptist Church in Charleston, South Carolina. Charleston, South Carolina is about 175 miles from the church at Sandy Creek. See, the influence of Shubal Stearns is affecting people more than likely in Friendly, Nevada. The faith of one man, his family, and a group of 16 people has shaped our country for Christ in ways that are unimaginable. In fact, if you read, if you if you study this guy, you will find that. Well, I don't want to get into it. it, it it's but it's it's fascinating because he stepped out in faith. He and he and his families stepped out in faith to do what God had called them to do. Common people living by faith. And then point number four, and we'll be done. I want to look at the full circle. Seeing the full circle. Seeing the full circle. Jesus used the catching of fish as a lesson to Peter. Okay, why? Because Peter was a fisherman. A parallel passage to the passage here in Luke chapter 5, a parallel means basically they're, they're, it's the same, it's just a different account of the same thing, okay? Is in Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. The Bible says this, it says, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he said unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Let's go back to <clears throat> Luke chapter 5. <clears throat> Let's start reading. In verse 8, and Simon Peter saw it and fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him at the draught of the, of, of the fish which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon, 
And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, for henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. See, Jesus used the catching of fish to get Peter and these other men to follow him. And he looks at him and he says, I am going to make you fishers of men. Not fishers of fish, but fishers of men. That's the full circle. After Jesus' resurrection, the disciples were somewhat uneasy or perplexed. They, they, they hadn't quite put all the pieces together and they were struggling. Jesus had, had, had resurrected and he had talked with them, but they were still struggling. They hadn't, again, they hadn't put all the pieces together yet. And Peter, out of, I believe, out of frustration, organizes a fishing trip. In John chapter 21, in verses 2 and 3, it says, There were uh, together Simon Peter and Thomas called Dedimus, and Nathaniel of uh, Cana in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and two other of his disciples. And Simon Peter said unto them, I go, I go fishing. And they said unto him, We also go with thee. Uh, they were uh, they went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and uh, 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 and that night they caught what? Nothing. Does it sound familiar? Okay. Peter was frustrated. He he again. They had it. The disciples hadn't put all the pieces together, and they were just frustrated. And Peter's like, you know what? I'm gonna go do the thing that I know. And I'm I'm go- hey fellows, I'm going fishing. I don't know what you're doing. I'm going fishing. What did they do? They went out and they fished all night. And they caught nothing. And Jesus on the shore yells out to them, Hey, throw your nets on the other side. Now, I, I'm, not, I'm not much of a fisherman. In fact, I, you, would say, you could say very honestly, I am not a fisherman, period. Last time I went fishing, I was probably 15 years old. But I do know this. If there's no fish on this side of the boat, there's not going to be any fish on that side of the boat. Okay? I, I just kind of know that, all right? But what's he say? He says, hey, cast your nets on the other side. And again, a miracle happens. And they make their way back to land. And Jesus asks Peter a question that will change his life. In John chapter 21 and verses 15 to 17, it says, Now when they had dined, Jesus uh, saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? And he saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest I love thee. And he said unto him, Feed my lambs. And he saith unto him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. And he saith unto him, Feed my sheep. 
And he saith, saith unto him a third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he had said unto him a third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. And Jesus said unto him, Feed my sheep. Now I said at the onset of this point, it was the full, the full circle. A few weeks later, after this event here by the Sea of Galilee, probably, I don't know, but in my the way I think, I, I believe, I don't know, I think it's the exact same spot where Jesus had called him and said, hey, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. It only, to me, it would only make sense. That it's his boat. It would be anchored at the same spot. And now Jesus is asking him the question, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? If you love me, fish for men, not fish. A few weeks later, at the day of Pentecost, Peter preaches, and over 3,000 people are saved because he was willing to say three years prior, nevertheless, at your will, or excuse me, at your word, I will let down the net. What is faith? Faith is saying here and now, God, I don't have much. But here it is. And God can take that and multiply it in ways that are beyond our wildest imaginations. That's what he did with Peter. All because he was willing to give him one net. When in reality he had oh, several. At least two. But he gave him one. It could be this morning. That God is speaking to someone's heart here this morning asking for your net. Is there something that you're holding on to that God has said, hey, I want your net. Will you give me your net so I can take it and multiply it and do something really, really great with it? Earlier I mentioned two men, David Brainerd and Schubel Stearns. Two men didn't have much, neither one of them. But what they had, they gave to God, and God did great things with it. What will you give him? Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for your love. Thank you for the work that you do in our hearts and our lives. And Lord, I think of Peter and his willingness to say, Lord, I don't have much, but I'll give you one of my nets. And because of that, God was able to, to take his life and and use him in ways that are, it's, he, his life is still influencing people today.
And I praise God for that. Lord, I ask as we bring our service to an end that you would speak to our hearts and that you would help us to understand. Faith is something that needs to grow and to mature in each of our lives. And there are times that you come into our hearts and our lives and you say, hey, I want your net today. Lord, help us to be sensitive and willing to give our nets. And then a net grows to another net. Which grows and grows. And ultimately we give our lives. Help us, dear God, to be people willing to give. Give our lives. With every head